Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Chuck is determined to win with Rayquaza. Jake donks his way to a team challenge victory. And Triple P journeys to the Lake of Rage. How are we doing today, Chuck? How are we doing? Doing good. Uh, you know, we just got off that team challenge. So mm-hmm. uh, did not... You said I'm trying to make Rayquaza win. I did not take Rayquaza this one. I well, figured I... I said that because I knew locally that you've been yeah. trying to make him work. And actually, you did well with him locally last week. Yeah, I, I've been doing well. With, I, I just... I wasn't confident. I wasn't too sure with the team challenge, but um, I was going to try. I was trying something and it didn't work, but I have been playing a lot of Rayquaza and I haven't forced him down people's throat on the ladder and yes. I forced him <laughs> on league's throat and I went three and one. And basically my, if I, if that deck could get out of its own way, it could be good. Right. Cause the only game I lost at league was because I could get nothing but a Mareep on the board. I think that was against me, right? <laughs> uh no I, maybe i don't know i just it was marie 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 and it was knockout 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 game over so yeah was- um i like when that card was announced you you know i i was really hyped on it but man man that card is garbage <laughs> sorry i know you're trying to make it work but he's ugh. not he's not garbage and i think that marie game was against the new v max deck too and i like it has a fighting chance it's just like if I could have like literally, if I could just got get it out of its own way, because it just bricks, right? And then there's like no recoverability because you don't play most of the usual stuff that you recover with. Yeah. So it's it just happens. You know what deck doesn't really brick? What UV Max, and that's the yeah. deck that I brought to our locals uh, for our first team challenge. Ended up taking the dub. Um, actually, went two and two in the in the round robins. Uh, lost to a Zacian, and I lost to Single Strike. And although my, my win, my, uh, my, what's the word I'm looking for? My strength to schedule was higher than anybody else at two and two. So I snuck in there, played against, uh, or I, I played against the Zacian as a rematch and, uh, took that in game three, very, very close. And then ended up playing against Duraludon in the finals, um, in both games. Uh, he started Zacian intrepid sword into nothing. And I got the Meloetta with Elisa Sparkle with a power tablet and bam game uh, for both games. So took it, even though that matchup's maybe not the the best or the smoothest, it went really good for me. And I'm really happy to get it out of the way in tournament number one, because the first team challenge I won in tournament number one, uh, second one, I went second, 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 and then missed. So <laughs> well, getting it out of the way now, it feels good. My only advice is you know, find something to do because I won the first team challenge last year, the last team for team challenge two, and it was just a long wait. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, that, I think that's enough about us. Um, as I kind of mentioned already uh, in the intro, we travel to the Lake of Rage. And if we travel to the Lake of Rage, that only means one thing, that we've got Mellow Magikarp himself. Welcome back to the cast, my friend. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back. Oh, for sure. Uh, the last time we had you on, it was uh, a great discussion. I believe there was a set that came out that we were really, really hyped on a specific card and you trashed me and I was like, no way you're wrong. And you were right. So I am sorry. You were right. I bow to you. <laughs> and a little relevant to the discussion too, that card may have been Rayquaza VMAX. <laughs> it may or may not have been <laughs> Rayquaza VMAX. That's right. I, I was not here for that discussion, but uh, it is, it, it, it was uh 
well heated and and not heated but no no well it was heated out, like, but... it was heated on the cast and even in the local discord after the fact for like a month straight myself <laughs> and duke just were, were having at it <laughs> at each other with uh no you're wrong you know you're wrong kind of a thing although i will i will admit i was wrong on this one I, I hope I learned a lesson in judging cards coming out. <laughs> I will not go stubbornly into the light. I am still going to make him work. Uh, I've jumped off that train a long time ago, my friend. <laughs> it, it's got a chance coming up. I think it's part of what we're going to talk about. But Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and uh, maybe. 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 I mean, I, like we said, we're going to talk about the meta going forward. Um, and there's a lot of cool different interactions or decks to talk about. Um, but before we do that, let's... Um, for any reason anybody doesn't know who you are, let's have a little bit of your background, who you are in, in the community. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'll go super quick on this one. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been streaming on Twitch for like two years now uh, under the name Mellow underscore Magikarp. Before that, I was a competitive player. I'm still a competitive player, but there's no season, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, my very first season, I made it to Worlds. And my second season, I made it to Worlds and then COVID happened. So I have my invite for whenever something happens. I had it within like three months. 2024, and here you come. <laughs> that's, I'm, I really want it to be in London, but we'll, we'll see about that one. Yeah, uh, for sure. Anyway, yeah, so uh, I've had my invite by then. You know, I had been absolutely rocking the season and then COVID happened it shut everything down including my school year I'm a high school teacher and so I was like well I'm gonna start streaming on Twitch and I was absolutely destroying the limitless qualifiers it was like 1300 person tournaments I day two three of the first four and all that stuff and so the Twitch kind of started to pop off and it's like well let's just keep doing stuff let's go. and then we got a podcast I got a YouTube video or YouTube channel now which technically exists it's not big but yeah it is there and so yeah that's a mellow underscore magikarp on all those things and a lake of rage podcast host yeah uh for sure they uh, that's there are a lot of really good podcasts out there um but other than ourselves, i you're the you're the podcast that i listen to first uh i i find yours is closer closely aligned to what i want out of the game is talking about the meta from you know not all the time but when there's something relevant to talk to uh, about the meta, um, you guys are there. Um, and then just even just talking about other formats or, or with the guests you have about sequencing and just gameplay decisions. Um, I really enjoy what you guys have going on there um, at the Lake of Ridge. I appreciate that. And yeah, I love the meta game stuff you just mentioned because the last two episodes have been about expanded yep. and retro format. <laughs> yeah, so the, we've the best cards of all times. Yeah, I was listening <laughs> to the last one. I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's still relevant though because like you, you kind of see the history of the game and maybe kind of trends that you might come down the road. So always just kind of keeping those in mind uh, kind of helps with the future potentially. Wow. Plus, I mean, I mean, James and Alex are just amazing. James yeah. Arnold and Alex Cook for anyone who hasn't heard of them they're yeah. amazing historians of the game and, and piggybacking off of the fact that you've talked other things than the current meta is just i think a lot of people in general right now have been trying to talk about anything else because there's not really that much new things to talk about yeah it, it's it's rough, rough week to week when mew is winning so often and then every yeah. so often you have a mew counter deck uh take it take out take home the win but uh it's just not a lot of diversity right now yeah and i mean that that was my only like current meta question for mellow is what his current take is on the meta so like if you want to go in on on that yeah. be my guest let's talk about how mutimax is doing well 
Yeah. So take on the meta. That's like a really large question. Uh, I'll start with the narrow answer. My take on the meta is UV Max is easily the BDIF. Uh, Omnipoke recently posted the Trainer Hill data, or they tweeted it out, mm-hmm. and it was like of the decks that have made top eight in at first of fifty or hundred people tournaments, Mu V Max was like four to five times more than the second place deck of Jolteon. It was just absolutely rocking it. It is by far the best deck in the format. Even the counter decks don't mm-hmm. beat it consistently. I love Sableye, Weezing, uh, Moltres. I think it's super fun. I've definitely lost to Mew with that deck. Mew has, I've beaten it when I'm playing Mew. Mew is just by far the BDIF. Yeah. With that said, I think the meta's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Like there's a lot of good decks. You can win with anything. Mew isn't this behemoth that ADP was that was yeah. like automatically, oh, you used your attack, so I lose the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's, it's like Mew can be beaten. Yeah. Not consistently, but it can be beaten. So I think the meta is not terrible right now. It, yeah, now I have, it's, it's a good thing you said that because I want to kind of have your feelings on Jolteon because I feel that, like you said, Mew is BDIF because it's consistent, but just because it uses its attack and you know sets up a kill or kills something, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to win because it is very straightforward. Uh, but I feel, in my opinion at least, and I've been harping on this for a while, Jolteon's more of an issue because that ge- that deck is almost as consistent and it really just takes out a huge chunk of the potential meta and those single prizers that could see play. Yeah, I had I played it for the first time actually the other day in uh, the late night tournament on Friday. Mm-hmm. And I played against one single prize deck, but I think it was the perfect example of why it doesn't like it just auto wins them and how it's so terrible for the format. Cause I went like turn two shady dealings for boss KO two Sobbles. They bench two more Sobbles on the next turn. I went shady dealings for boss KO two Sobbles. And it was just like, you don't have a draw engine. And I've taken four of my prizes in three turns. You're supposed yeah. to be a single prize deck. You're not supposed to give up multiple prize turns. Yeah. So I think Jolteon and rapid strike Urshifu, we talked about this a little before the pod. We kind of forget that rapid strike Urshifu is also a disgusting gatekeeper of single prize decks because Mew keeps it out of the meta. But yes, these, big snipe things are they they just keep them out i don't even know if they'd be good without jolteon and urshifu but we literally will never know because (laughs) you can't take auto losses to the second most played deck in the format which is jolteon and then urshifu which is played enough and mew plays single prizers and has psychic leap so you don't even auto win that no matter what deck you're playing right so yeah it's they're they're not great for the single prize meta if that's what you're into which i am yeah, I think a lot of people are. I, I'm excited for a few going into the next Benna, but I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, yeah, I mean, the piggyback off of that, I've been championing like championing single prize decks like for the moment too, just to get like that that I'm not playing Rayquaza. And that was my, my cheeky take was to try and do Rapid Strike Malamar today. But, and it has great matchups. Like I, I like the matchup against Mew just because I know they have to take, I'm getting turns. Yeah. I get six turns. But when you have, like, I don't like seeing Rapid Strike Malamar, or not Rapid Strike Urshifu. I just yeah. don't like seeing that, because they're just going to KO the two worst things, no matter what. Jolteon gives me a little bit of play, because he has to KO the active, but I'm still, I, I still have to make sure that I get them that multiple Inkes on the board to even be able to contend. And even then, if you bench too many Inkes, they're like, oh, that's a cool Octillery you got there. <laughs> well, <Sure>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just... It, yeah, it, it's an uphill battle no matter what. Uh, the Jolteon matchup is just a little 
less of a grade percentage, I guess. But I mean, it they're they're struggle but they're struggle bus matchups. But everything else, I I feel like I have a, a a great game against. It's just that when you meet those, it's just like, oh God, can I even get set up? <laughs> you just pass. Uh, before we move on, I want to get your thoughts on Manaphy. If you think that's actually going to change um, anything when it comes to any kind of spread decks. Yeah, this is another thing that I have like a lot of rants on or like one rant yeah. that I think is, I don't want to say unpopular. I think people just haven't thought about it. I think Manaphy does change, but not that much. Like I've heard a lot of okay. people like, I just bought Jolteons. I hate this. And it's like, but people <laughs> have to play Manaphy for Manaphy to be good. Right. Some decks will play Manaphy. If I'm playing Reggie Drago, I don't know why I'd play, but if I'm playing Reggie Drago, heck yeah, there's a Manaphy in there no matter what the meta is, as long as Jolteon and Rapid Strike exist. Yeah. But if I'm playing some multi-prize deck, eh, do I want a Manaphy? There's like no Jolteons that anyone's playing. I'm not yeah. going to play the Manaphy. And then Jolteon shows up and it can still beat those decks. So I think Manaphy is a good card in the sense that it will save some archetypes from auto-losing. But I think it's not going to warp the meta quite as much as people think because a good player is going to meta call Jolteon into, I'm going to cut my mana fee to get my 60th card back. And, oh, hey, look, my 100-100 snipe is still very good. Yeah. So like I said, I think it's good. It's going to definitely help decks, but also people have to play it. And I don't think people are going to play it that much. I think it will be one of those like meta calls, like that wheel where you find it, you'll see a lot of play, then none, none and then, you know, He'll just kind of keep going on that. Sorry, Chuck, for interrupting you. No, no, I, I, I'm just, I think Mello's hitting it right on the head because it's not going to be something that's going to be like, oh, like sell your Urshifus now because stock's down. But I think those decks are still going to be good. Uh, it's just going to give other decks that are like struggling right now a way to actually get into the game against those spread decks. Like, Mew still, I mean, it does nothing for any deck against Mew, and Mew's still going to be good. So, uh, it, like that, it's just giving those like legs, like Rapid Strike Malamar, even Rayquaza a little bit, because I've I've played many a games where I just watch Mareeps or Flaffies go away really quickly, <laughs> and no one messes with 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 uh, Rayquaza at all. But being able to be like, look, you got to go through this Manaphy if you want these, then the whole like no weakness to Rayquaza thing that I like about him is may, may actually come into play then. So like, mm -hmm. but it's just going to give decks like that a little bit more of a fighting chance. And it's not going to like take Jolteon out of the game because Jolteon's still finding ways to win against the top deck in the meta, which I don't see that like going away. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right. And so Rayquaza is definitely the one. I do want to add to this real quick of like, mm -hmm. this card might actually be good with Manaphy because you can take Oko's and the Manaphy might help enough. Now, with that said, Raichu V might just literally do everything Rayquaza does, but better. Um, but I think if there's ever going to be a time where Rayquaza is a viable deck, it's going to be when people still play their three prizers and Manaphy exists. So this next format is definitely it. It's the, yeah, if, it's it's Ray Ray's time to shine. It's an hour time. <laughs> we we flip flop because last time I was so high on him, and now you are so high not high on him, but a lot higher <laughs> than you were before. So <laughs> yes, I'm gonna say it's maybe playable. That's as high as I will get on Rayquaza. Hey, that's higher than I'm at. <laughs> All right, but you you talked about a little about your podcast, and I had actually had a question. Um, before we got kind of go into all the the fun random stuff, but um, 
you you put a poll out for your 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 favorite co-hosts or the community's favorite co-hosts and you know the last two guys that were on i forget i'm sorry their names uh if you can remind me i'm sorry we, we had zach yeah, is, yeah yeah so the community has spoken on who their favorite uh co-hosts are what is your opinion throw throw some shade who are your favorites um we'll give you two and, and give <laughs> give us um somebody that you're like hmm, why are you even on the team <laughs> Uh, so easily, I think my favorite of the co-hosts, and I will say this to all of them too, is Saxac, Saxac mm -hmm. uh, Seventeen on Twitch and all that kind of stuff. Just because we see the game so ridiculously differently, yeah. like he has Little Dark Fury's mind of like, "Hey, I can make this card work," and I'm like, "That's tier three at best," and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> tier three, let's go." And so it's really <laughs> fun to talk to him about Pokemon because he just. Like I said, I look at a card and I'm like, this is never going to be good. And he's like, this can be good enough. Let me figure out how. And so that is always so much fun. And then, gosh, the number two is where it becomes hard because there's a lot of people that I love to talk to. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say my least favorite though, easily the person I never want on the pod again. <laughs> Tell this to his face too. Grant, boo. I'll <laughs> <laughs> <All> second that. <laughs> this man constantly... He's, he's always angry. Can't, mm -hmm. can't have that level of anger. <laughs> Every time I listen, he's on, he's always ranting about something or other. It's like, man, just, do you even like the game? <laughs> of course I love Grant. I love everyone. Oh, yeah. on, but yeah, no, his, his rants, I think those have caused some of the best discussions we've had though. Yeah. So it's like that level of like, I disagree with you completely. I think you're a moron for saying that, <laughs> but I'm glad you said it because it gives us a chance to talk about something in an otherwise boring format. Oh, for sure. You need, you need the back and forth uh, always. <laughs> it, it's a lot of fun to have those conversations with like opposite spectrums that won't budge. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because we are both stubborn and will not give up anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> in the right. argument, I love it. That's, that's the most. That's the most fun I have listening to your pod is when you guys are like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to get into all our fun shenanigans, random card madness, trivia? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. What do we want to go with the first? Let's just stick with the random card madness. All right. Random card madness. Um, so. Melo, you weren't here last time to just go over. Um, well, you weren't. We didn't do this last time you were here. That's mm -hmm. the window. Um, so just to go over what we do. Um, so we're going to pick a random generate. We're going to random generate a number, which corresponds to a card in a set, which we have already discussed pre-podcast is going to be Sword and Seal base set. Whatever this number is, we'll talk about the card, whether it's going to be playable, put in a deck. This is something you might want to, or it's, or it's just bulk, just throw it in your bulk bin, throw it away. Or if it happens to be a fancy art card, keep it for that reason. But, um, and then uh, if it's a Pokemon, we usually talk about the entire line just in, in to give it its fair shake. Um, Cause not yep. everything can be Sobble, but. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll automatically go, it's a stage one. I'll just play rare candy instead. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we did Sword and Shield, that's 202 cards. We take out the secret rares. We randomly generated number 47. So going to number 47 is a water type Pokemon. And this is gonna be a good one because we're talking about the stage one Pokemon, Sea King, 110 Ooh. HP with the attack for one waterless, one water energy, not waterless. <laughs> uh, 
One water energy, ripping horn. Flip three coins for each heads, discarded energy from your opponent's active Pokemon. And then two colorless, pierce for 50, which you'll never use because ripping horn is actually fun. Let's do this. Uh, we'll, we'll give uh, we'll give Mello a first shot at this. Uh, actually, good card. So there was a while, like when Sea King was first, I forget when, uh, Alessandro Carmasale, amazing Italian control player, put out Sea King, did well in a tournament. It kind of caught some of that hype and it was really easy to beat at first. Because mm -hmm. like, it was like, you know, when no one knew what they were doing, they're like, I just lose. And then you figure it out and you're like, oh, this, this card actually sucks, right? And then Mahone recently put out a video where he was playing Sea King and it's been doing okay. It's still bad, but the card has the potential. And I think we're finally getting in the next set, the stuff that makes it, dare I say, a playable card. I mean, and that's going to be that floatzel. Yeah. I mean, that will help. But I mean, I, I did just run into it on the ladder playing uh, Mew, of course, uh, Mew's, Mew's B BDIF. Uh, and it was more a control deck with Zora Arc. Um, having the Sea Kings in there. So it does give it some versatility and options. So depending on the matchup, you may never use it um, or you use it all the time. So uh, against Mew, you flip a couple heads and you get rid of their color or their, their rapid strike energies or, or fusion strike energies. And that's basically game. Uh, so I would say it's not meta, but it's definitely playable. Uh, and it does have a spot in, in a control deck. Yeah, this is, this is one I would say to keep around. Uh, make sure you have four of, because you never know when the the cauldron of deck builders comes up with the the mad control deck that uses this to great effect. Um, it, it, the ripping horn attack is really what is useful. Just discarding energy from your opponent's active Pokemon is a good attack for control players. So, yeah, I'm calling now. Like next set, it's not oh, someone might figure it out. It's it will be figured out and it will be a meta deck. It's not the whole deck. Seeking is not a deck. A deck with yes. like you said Zoroark with Seeking and other stuff is definitely going to be the deck. Yeah. I think that Zoroark is going to be like the like the thing that with control players where they can just find the stage 1 that they can use for the matchup. There's too many good cards for control Zoroark kind of a thing that it seems like it might be coming back here yeah. i also want to give a shout out to pierce real quick you said you'll never use that attack i was playing victini on ladder because i was like i want something i don't have to think with and i was just like i'm going to shove one victini against the sea king deck i'm going to keep using the first attack to vomit energy back on after they rip it off and i'll eventually win my opponent took them longer than it should have but they figured out they can start piercing me and that strategy is no longer that good <laughs> yeah so <laughs> It, it is possibly a viable attack. That, that's funny. Let's go. Uh, all right, that's it. That was a good card. So uh, yeah. consensus was save a save a set. Use yeah, save, a save a four set. I don't think you'll throw four in there, but just in case, uh, save yeah. some for the future. It's time, time to do trivia, trivia. All right, uh, into trivia time. Um, I'll go first and... I like to play that game name this Pokemon this attack belongs to. Um, sometimes it's, it's an attack, sometimes it's an ability. Um, but today uh, it is a attack. Uh, it is standard legal as always. Um, so the attack name is, oh no. And as I'm saying this PTCGO quits on me, but I wrote it down and it is uh, whack down or rack down. Rack down or whack down? Whack down, sorry. <laughs> Okay. 
I, I think yeah. I got this one. Yeah, I think you do. But let's <laughs> see if Chuck gets this. That's what we get. We don't get that. We don't get to do how much like damage it does or anything. I will tell you what it does after uh, after if you get it right. Back down. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with last week's guess. <laughs> Pisimian, because <laughs> I don't know. Bello, go ahead, get the right answer. <laughs> Oranguru. No, no, it has whap down. Oh, maybe it does too, but that's not the one I had. I had Gyarados from Rebel Clash. Oh, now I have to go into there. Yeah, Gyarados. Sorry, I, I was. It was uh, down. I may have said it wrong, but like racked down. Oh, it down. does. Yep, racked out. I heard whap down. I'm like, sorry. That's as a I was saying attack. It, oh my gosh. Quit on me. I, I never so, would have got that anyway, though. <laughs> I, I thought you would have because it was it was Gyarados, Lake of Rage. I was like, okay, we're gonna throw something this way to him, something Gyarados related. <laughs> I do. I collect cards. I own multiple of that Gyarados because I always get one of the Hollow and then one of the Reverse Hollows. Mm-hmm. I've never read that card though. It is awful. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is awful. Uh, I didn't want to go with something super obvious, but I wanted to do something to like uh, pay homage to you there, <laughs> which I appreciate. I love my <laughs> Gyarados. Oh, it is I'm, a sick art, and I, I hope Gyarados is good one day again. Me too. I love, well, going back to play 2010, I always grab Gyarados, and people are always like, that deck is so mindless. How do you have fun with it? It's like, <laughs> it's my favorite Pokemon. That's how. That's like, right. It's so fun. Yep. All right, Chuck. Sorry that uh, <laughs> I threw you off there with, uh, with PTCGO <laughs> going down, but uh, you got one for us? Yeah, I do. Uh, I have a fun uh, think back here. So this is going to involve the whole game how many um how many there's two parts to this how many times have they printed the supporter draw three cards and Mm. can you name them i assume it doesn't count with like cynthia caitlin yeah only if if that's our only effect is is draw three cards so bird keeper does not count correct okay this feels like it has to be a trap Mm-hmm. where there's like cards that i can't think of i don't know I how far it goes back i think i know i'm gonna say i think mellow probably has a better idea so i'll go guess first i'm gonna say five i was also gonna say five and i'm gonna say i'm gonna stand with that five yeah <laughs> did we get and it right chuck i'm double checking but uh, you are close. Oh, oh no. Um, so yeah. I'll Pop give you, all right, I'll give it to you. Tierno, because... Sharon, Sharon. There's, a, there's four. How, how, what did you say? Hop, How, Tierno, Sharon. Those are the and four. Those are four. Oh, four. I was like, there has to be a fifth one. I don't uh, know. But I will give you guys bonus points because there's Looker where you draw three cards from the bottom of your deck. Yeah, oh. it was that. I was. Thinking, I, I was never going to come up with that. <laughs> I was for some reason I was thinking like Bill from back in the day was either two or three cards. So that's no. why. I was, yeah, I knew it was between the two, but I was like, okay, we'll just kind of go for that. There, but, uh, there is only four that say draw three cards, um, and it was the four that Mello said. So he got the four names right. No, Mello gets um, it right. I, I get no credit. Uh, but I was double checking, and I saw Looker, and he really just only says draw three cards, but he adds from the bottom of your deck. So, yeah. No, that, that makes sense. So, no, that was, a, that was a good one, Chuck. Yeah. That was a good one. That's I know there are listeners 
who are yelling at their headphones as yep. we were saying five because yep. they know the like I know a lot of people know that answer <laughs> yeah like almost I, every I week I feel like somebody messaged me like I got that right away how did you miss that I'm like <laughs> I don't know that much about the the lore <laughs> I, be, I believe there's gonna be technically five too because I believe Galar Friends is a card that is out in Japan that does oh. draw three cards and that is that not is. revealed officially for the next set, but I'm pretty sure everyone's assuming it's in there. Yeah. See, I, was I right forgot then. that one too. <laughs> All right. Oh, as, so. as I'm going through, there's a card called Field Worker. Draw three cards. Your opponent may also draw a card. <laughs> that card's so bad. <laughs> that is very bad. Let's uh, play Hop, but worse. <laughs> supporters so from many, back in the day were so, so many bad. bad supporters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That was last week. Yep. <laughs> All right. Do you want to get into this uh, talk to Turtwig and let's see what happened in the meta this week? Ladies and gentlemen, trainers and Pokemon alike, you're listening to <laughs> Turtwig Talks the Meta. This is your host, Ryan, otherwise known as ry for gaming I am joined by none other than the best starter of all time, Turtwig. This week, we have 15 tournaments, 1,943 deck plays, and 5,720 matches to cover this week. So, let's get started into the top 8s. Starting off, we had a small list this week because not a lot of decks consistently made it into the top 8s. So here's the three highlights being Duraludon with 11 top 8s, Jolteon with 23 top 8s, and Mew Genesect with 35 top 8s. So these were the high performers of the week. Everything else pretty much made it in there, but not consistently like these three did. Um, so let us know on Twitter at PitPokeyPod and at RY4Gaming what your thoughts are on the new sparkling Pokemon. Those are the shiny Pokemon that can come in and do great things. So we've had two released. Let us know on Twitter what you think. And now the boring meta numbers. Notable changes to other decks, Sableye and Talion, Hoopa Moltres, and Ice Rider. The decks that were over 50% to this week were Mew Genesect, Jilteon and Talion, Zacian, and Ice Rider in Talion. Those are the decks that over, had over a 50% win rate this week. So make sure to keep an eye out for those decks in the coming week so you can be better prepared for the meta. Next, other decks were up in play percentage but down in overall win percentage. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel for the other deck players. There are three decks that are being touted as other decks that are helping the win percentage even though it probably should be a little lower without these three decks. Those being Weezing and Talion, Sableye, oh nope, the Sir Birds deck, Galarian Surfetched and the Birds, and the Suicune Birds deck. All three of those are sitting in the other category and have not been given their own category in Limitless, so they are sitting in the other category really racking up the play percentage and making the win percentage go up though the other decks the actual other decks should be lower on the list all right sableye and talion he's down in play percentage by three and a half percent and down in win percentage by eight percent now i've i feel that most players have rotated away from sableye and talion and have gone towards the other deck which would be the suicune birds version of really a dark box that they're that you're trying to use because you also want to hit other weaknesses so going to the Suicune birds tends to be better if you're just going for a weakness Sableye's good for 
doing the dark matchup really well, but not as good in other matchups. So Sableye and Talion was uh, Sableye and Talion lost a lot of its good players because they're trying out the new deck. So the good players left and took the win percentage with them. Next, Hoopa Moltres was up by 4% this week in win percentage. So great job, Hoopa Moltres. And next, Ice Rider was above 50%, like I said in the beginning, and has a 5% increase in win percentage. So great job, Ice Rider and Talion. I would love to give some appreciation to our local group at Heroes in Comics by shouting out the winner of our Thursday locals. This week, Adam won with his single strike Urshifu deck. This week, the Pittsburgh's meta was really interesting to say the least. Mew was nowhere to be found. That's right, there's a little tumbleweed going through the store when Mew decided to come walking by. Because eh, I ain't going in that shanty town. Instead, Duraladon, that's right, the skyscraper himself said, you know what, this is my kind of city. It came into play. At least four people played Duraladon, including myself. So I'll give Duraladon some props. He did really well this week here in Pittsburgh. Next, the wins of the week. Starting off, Gengar had a single win. The Sir Birds deck had a single win featuring Galarian Surfetched. Uh, Galarian Moltres and Galarian Zapdos to be able to smack things with that Galarian Surfetch V's attack by being able to knock out that Pokemon and then you want to see me do it again that's the kind of Galarian Zapdos uh, Galarian Molt Far oh Surfetched <laughs> Galarian Mole Surfetched <laughs> that's gonna be a new fusion card uh, next we're gonna, uh, Jolteon had three wins for this week Duraludon had four wins this week and back on top, Mugenesect had six wins this week. And last but not least, Turtwig worked really hard to get all this data ready just for you. So if you could let us know on Twitter, at ry gaming what your thoughts on this week's report is. That does it for this week's Turtwig Talks the Meta. Be sure to join in the roundtable discussions on the Discord every Wednesday at 5pm EST for the most thought-provoking discussions and the best debates. I hope you all enjoyed and had a wonderful time. Until next time, be safe and take care, Pokemon trainers. And back to the cast. All right, and we're back, and it's time to go into the news. It sure is. So there were a few things that were revealed since the last episode. Um, There are some new cards, but before we get into the new cards, the Brilliant Stars pre-release promos were revealed, um, and I'm a little bit excited about this. I want to get your guys' kind of overall feel on this, but the four are Moltres, Lucario, Lyperd, and the Bibarel. I'm, I mean, they picked the my top four for pre-release promos. Like, I, I need to go to four pre-releases and get four different promos, or just get one of those build and battle decks. Uh, you know, a couple months and then you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like I like Moltres um, as a card. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. Good, um, and the promo looks pretty sweet. Um, Bibarel's going to be a new engine. So that's also a great promo. Um, Lipard's continuing Sinchino's work, I guess. But, uh, and then uh, I think Lucario is just a cool card. I mean, I like Lucario as a Pokemon. So uh, Roaring Resolve worked for Charizard. So hopefully it works for Lucario. 
yeah, for sure. Uh, Mello, what do you what do you think? What's your favorite? Out that of face all these? says no, it's not going to, but <laughs> it, it's the best Lucario we've had in a while. I'll say that. <laughs> that is an accurate statement. <laughs> yeah, I think the cool thing about Lucario is it might be playable with the leaks from Japan's next set before we even have our first set which yeah. is very un- unfortunate that we're getting those leaks so far in advance but i missed them so what what is this leak that will make this actually playable uh the reveal the top card of your deck if it's a fighting energy attached to one of your pokemon if not put it in your hand it's an item card oh so, that's actually part of the next article i thought the was it the um do, do, do where we got here um the gutsy pickaxe pickaxe yeah yeah, yeah that one Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that could make Lucario playable, which would be super cool because I love single prize decks. For sure. No, I I I like Lucario. I hope it works. Um, and like I said, I, I, I like the single prize decks too. Um, it might change the meta up. Uh, but though these are all good cards, and I think Moltres is probably the most playable, especially for the pre-release tournament. So if you get one of those and you get some kind of fire, that's acceleration and just get to go hit or you or just hit for one energy pretty good oh i assume they have to give magma basin in the moltres pack right oh you would and that just so. makes that deck disgustingly good yeah so if you like, get I, that I you might just win <laughs> <laughs> i mean unless you get you know you never go someone who gets a v pokemon and just absolutely bodies you with their raikou 59 energy deck <laughs> oh no you need bench pokemon that's a terrible deck don't don't do that don't do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah all right. uh they're, they're all cool. This is one of those sets where buying a pre-release kit for the promo is like 100% a viable thing because every single one of them has potential to be playable. And the very least, they all look cool. For sure. All right, let's jump in to the, uh, what was it? The next thing here, the, the Battle Legends set revealed with the new sparkling Pokemon. Uh, I think you kind of alluded to this earlier. Um, we'll just talk about a few of these, but what do you think about these sparkling Pokemon? We have Halucha and Greninja. Um, I guess I could uh, go into their abilities. Um, so they're basically like Prism Stars, so you cannot play more than one of them. Uh, so you can only play one uh, sparkling Pokemon in your deck. Um, but Greninja's ability, once during your turn, you may discard an energy from your hand and then draw two cards. So that kind of has a little bit of synergy with um, with Melanie. Uh, so some some pretty good things in there with um, water decks potentially it has an attack uh, discard two energies from this Pokemon do 90 damage to two your opponents uh, Pokemon don't apply weakness or resistance to the bench um, so what is your guys feelings on Greninja um, shining star or whatever it is uh, sparkling sparkling Pokemon um, I mean it's good ability um, I like the prism star mechanic like mm-hmm. the one of um, I'm just going to, I like the, the one of mechanic in the deck. Uh, the first two they showed us though, like the ability, I don't know, is like really mind blowing for a one of, I mean, I might throw it in like, this might really work in this Greninja might work in a Melanie, Melanie water deck, but um, it doesn't really technically like jive just with Melanie because you've got to be putting it with something else. Because sure. Melanie can't go to it. So it's just going to be a bench sitter for that deck. But yeah. I mean, that was Raihan to it. Yeah. It's, I mean, the attack's like not that great. It's like what 90 yeah. 90 spread. So it's, yeah, like, it's definitely there for the ability. I think it's a good ability. Like yeah. discard draw two is never 
bad. It's all broken. The halucha. Yeah, that's. Yeah, well, that's was just really about, good. I, yeah, that's why I started with the with the so so one. <laughs> why is this going? Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Greninja may see some play. Um, drawing cards is always a uh, a thing. But let's jump into halucha. Um, ability is. Um, if this Pokemon is on your bench, your Pokemon's attack does 30 more damage to your opponent's active Pokemon VMAX. So this really kind of screams Diancie Prism Star, except it actually does more damage. Yeah, and that plus choice belt is a plus 60, which is mm -hmm. so good. Regidrago can hit 300 damage. <laughs> We're going back to Regidrago again. Yeah, but you, like, you keep bringing them up. <laughs> it's... I've been playing expanded ADP Regidrago. Don't, it's it's bad. But actually, it's not bad because it's ADP. But anyway, yeah, I, I love this card. This was the one, the Greninja, it's cute. It's fine. The mm -hmm. ability is good, like Suicune. Probably never needs the plus 30 and probably does want the discard draw two plus another bench sitter. So I'm not saying Greninja is unplayable, but the Halucha is just like, so ridiculously powerful. Like yeah, you mentioned Diancie Prism. I think that is the best analogy. Yeah. Baby Buzzwell was so playable because of a plus 20 from Diancie Prism. Now you have a plus 30 that can go in any deck. Yeah. Except it, the it, turn. Exactly, yeah. It, well, in the past. Yeah, exactly. Um, but in the past with like the, like Diancie, that was only to fighting types, correct? Uh, so this really opens it up for any kind of deck. Just throw a one of Lucha in there. So uh, if, if, if VMAX is, um, you know, they've been rolling the roost, but there's a lot more hate for VMAXs with some of these cards revealed. So um, this might be changing the meta up a little bit just with uh, this card plus a few others um, that, that have some some hate for some Pokemon here. It, it definitely helps give more firepower to taking down VMAXs. Mm -hmm. Chuck, you want to get the next couple? Um, I'm, I, I'm skipping right to Lucario because yeah. I like these, these, these pair. Well, the V is okay, but uh, we got... Uh, Lucario V coming. Uh, he's got uh, Crush Punch, 50 damage, discard a special energy from your opponent's active Pokemon for two colorless. Not bad in a special energy world, but um, he's a fighting Pokemon with only 210 hit points. That's weak to Psychic, so uh. a little bit on that. Uh, he has another Cyclone Kick for 120, but you're going to want to evolve this to Lucario V-Star. Um, so he gets uh, a Fighting Knuckle, uh, so it's 120 damage for a fighting and two colorless. Uh, and if your opponent's active Pokemon is a Pokemon V, this attack does 120 damage. So you're doing 240. You're KOing Vs at that point. Yeah. You're doing 240 to a V max. Good amount of damage. Um, and then it has a V star power, which is an attack or a star uh, for a fighting and a colorless. It's 70 X damage where this attack does 70 damage times the number of energy attached to your opponent's Pokemon. So in a world where you're looking at three or plus energy attacks, which might come around a little bit, or talking about a Pokemon we might see later, um, you might have some Pokemon with big numbers on it, where yeah. this guy's going to be able to do a big one-punch attack. Yeah, if something like Shadow Rider is a thing um, coming in the future, um, or even Shadow Rider itself, um, with all those energies on the field, this uh, really could hurt it if something you know is 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 prevalent in the meta. This can just be a very good counter to that. Yeah, and and with the gusty pickaxe, fighting in general is going to be able like it's they're going to be able to accelerate faster to these three um, 
energy attacks. So, mm -hmm. do you want to talk about the dark rye? You can go ahead. I mean, I'll bring them up. I'm sure. Yeah, you, you, you got it. You got it. Dark rye. I mean, everyone's uh, losing their mind over dark rye V star and V. Um, so we have the V. Uh, pretty vanilla V uh, uh, has a 50 damage attack. Has dark hole for its big attack. That's 130 damage, and your opponent's active Pokemon is now asleep. Um, so sleep for 130, um, meh. But you want the V star, which is what everyone is going crazy. Dark pulse, 30 damage, plus damage. This attack does 30 more damage for D each dark energy attached to your Pokemon. So we have all seen the. Uh, cool dark energy that like you can get with Moltres. You can drop Galarian Moltres, get two dark energy right there. So you're talking about being able to do big numbers with Dark Star, uh, Dark Rye V-Star just off its regular attack, which is too colorless. So you don't even, that's a twin, a double colorless or turbo energy, twin mm -hmm. energy, whatever you want to attack that if you got a ton of energy out there, then you're not worried about the minus 20. And then um, it has an ability for its V-Star power. Star Abyss, during your turn, you may search your discard pile for up to two item cards and put them into your hand. Um, this is awesome because we also got somewhere, yep, later down in the same article, they talk about bringing back Dark Patch. So there's, yep. there's two energy for its attack right there. For sure. So, Mello, what, what's your thoughts on Dark Rye V-Star? It's a very, very good card. Well, correction. It has all of the support in addition to being a good card. Mm -hmm. uh, Dark Patch, Galarian Moltres V, Galarian Moltres Baby, Eternatus to fill your bench so you can Crobat a million times. It's The, the ability is actually super cool and a super cool callback, though, because they're clearly not going to reprint Junk Hunt on a basic Dark Pokemon like they did. But going back to play some of those old formats with Turbo Dark, there were turns where you just go into Sableye with Junk Hunt, now banned and expanded because it was so broken. But you just go into it and say, I'm just going to grab a couple cards and set myself up for next turn. And the fact that your main attacker can now do that, not ending your turn, is yeah. disgustingly good. Yeah, I, this this card might be the end of Mew seeing the dominance um, in, in play uh, because, again, like you kind of mentioned with Dark Patch, we kind of spoiled that in all of the Moltres's. Um, consistency seems to be a little bit better than any dark deck that you can get at the moment, potentially. So, um, this card's going to see a lot of play for sure. And that, that ability, um, uh, that doesn't end your turn, like you said, um, it's madness. Um, I do want to say though, because we just talked about this and we're just loading the board up with, uh, energies to, to take down Mew. We just talked about Lucario. Uh, this might be the yeah. deck that kind of keeps him in check. So we're seeing that kind of triangle again, where it goes psychic, fighting, dark, even though this dark's not uh, scared it's grass of. Week. It's, it's grass week. It's grass week. But it, Lucario might not care if it's that prevalent uh, with that much damage. So that was one of the first things I checked, though. When I saw the dark eye reprint, I was like, uh, yeah. Urshifu back? And it's like, oh, probably not. Well, maybe, yeah. but probably not. Hey, that might make, uh, that might make what's this called? The, the, the Leafeon uh, that much better. I like that thing. I can't wait to play around with Leafeon with the V-Star in a couple weeks, I think. It becomes live on PTCGO or a week or something like that. Wait, so you're saying V-Star comes out that early on PTCGO? Uh, the Glaceon and Leafeon promos oh, okay. are going to be box promos, yeah. Okay, okay. The Glaceon's unplayable, but the Leafeon mm -hmm. is actually 
a decent card. Another gust effect um, just makes that deck super awesome. Oh yeah, because that's how you beat Mew. You just KO through Genesex, right? Because yep. you can't KO the zero retreat Mew. So exactly, completely unrelated to Darkrai. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it is and well, it isn't. <laughs> I mean, just the 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 double back on Darkrai. We've seen the thirty times energy attack be good. On, mm. I mean, Shadow Rider has it now. Shadow Rider has more uh, a built-in like let's get more energy going. So Darkrai may not be able to power up quickly. Um, but it has cool support that you can get a lot of energy on the board and use it with effect. So, and also the important part in there too is two prizer. Yeah, That's two prizer, and mm-hmm. you're you're not necessarily depending on the meta. Um, you're you're hitting the top three prizer deck for weakness, and you may not be hitting. You don't may not have to be getting to that. 320 on every other deck in the meta you're only looking at mm-hmm. more v's and lower hit point v stars yeah yeah because there's we're probably going to end up in a v star meta which i am all for please give me a two prize meta instead of a three prize meta but that also means like you said you're hitting 270 280 instead of hitting 320 which is two energies that's a lot <laughs> having to have two less energy on the field is very clearly better yeah well when when you like start doing um math like you cho- if your choice band is plus 30 you you get that um the hawalucha the halucha mm-hmm. is 30 so there's 60 right there and then you're talking about maybe having six to seven energies on the board on the board that's all it needs to be is on the board for dark rye um to go off which is yeah, super yeah. easy with you know yeah. the Moltres, the dark patch the ability to reuse your dark patch because yeah. of the junk hunt ability or v star it just hit me as you said that so you could theoretically use four dark patches and then use the ability that same turn and reuse them yep to use, you can six. use six dark patches <laughs> in one turn that's ridiculous so i mean it's probably not going to happen like that but i mean just for the possibility of that to actually happen then- that's crazy. And basic attach, drop a choice band on it and take KO for win. Yeah, in in worst case, I mean, do we <laughs> think that we're going to get that new colorless energy that does 20 less um, because the cost is, for, no, you probably, no, yeah, the, the cost is double colors. Do you think that's even a viable strategy or you think that might be slowing you down a little too much? Yeah, I don't think I ever touched that. Okay. It's just, well, I mean, there's a world where you also, you, you play like Arceus Darkrai. Yeah, because Arceus has full blitz or ultimate ray or whatever you want to call the attack. Yeah. And then you just vomit even more energy onto the field for your dark cry. So in that situation, yes, because it would be another cool backup. Is that better? I don't know. I'm not a deck builder. I have to try this stuff. I can't yeah. just see it. But yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it is definitely a possibility is sure. the it, long end of that. Yeah, I mean, it it would be nice to be able to just turn on the attack with the one, one, one attach, but it really depends on like, is it worth having that in the energy situation? That is it going to do enough damage? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't help your damage output. It no, actually it, just, it, it, it actually doesn't just decreases it. it. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, depending on matchups and metas, um, just getting that consistency one attach plus all the everything else may be viable. Again, a lot of deck testing to be had before I can say one way or another. Um, but yeah, we but kind it's of always good to keep that stuff in the back of your mind. Yeah. Of like, yeah. well, maybe we'll try it. Yep. So we kind of talked about the double colorless, obviously dark patch and the gussy pickaxe. 
with also with the choice band that does uh, extra damage to VMAX. Um, the only other card really notable, um, and I think we talked about it a little bit last week, um, is that Ultra Ball, again, is is in the set. Uh, so it's confirmed that that's coming back. Everybody's excited. Uh, Melo, any thoughts on Ultra Ball? I think Ultra Ball opens up a lot that people aren't thinking about. And a lot of people haven't played in a format with Ultra Ball. Or it seems like a lot of people I've been talking to, they like they weren't hardcore into it. And so they don't understand the power of discarding cards mm -hmm. because discarding is a benefit, not a cost. Yes, There is a lot of synergy with discarding, whether it's the, the Magma Basin or it's Melanie or it's getting stuff out of your deck for a late game Marnie. So you're not drawing into these random unburnables or it's drawing more cards with Genesect and it's searching for any Pokemon. It's not an automatic four of, and that's another thing. I think there's a lot of old heads who are going too far in the opposite direction of like, it has to be a four of because it's always a four of. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. but we didn't have Evo Incense and Quick Ball back then. So I think it opens up a ton of deck building creativity because you have so much Pokemon search. Yeah. And you have more discard, which makes, like I said, Melanie, Team Magma Basin, also no leaks, but mustard. I yep. got my full art mustards for $1.50 each because... <laughs> Beedrill's still good. Yeah. Cinderace lot, might be playable. There's a, yeah, you didn't even, yeah. Cinderace, Magma maybe, there's, there's a lot of good cards uh, coming up here. Um, so I know this may be a loaded question and maybe there's no perfect answer because there's not like every deck is different, but what would your optimal count be as far as quick balls, Evo incense, uh, and, and ultra ball? I'm like 90% sure every single deck I try will initially be for Quick Ball for Ultra Ball. The exception of that would be the Inteleon Engine decks, but I'm so excited to try not Inteleon Engine decks. I love the Inteleon Engine. It is so much fun. But the fact is Level Ball and Evo Incense are just better in that one because you mm -hmm. never get a big hand, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But if I'm playing Bibarel, I'm playing Genesect, I'm playing whatever else, for Quick Ball, for Ultra Balls, probably nothing else, and then figure it out from there. That's fair. That's a good starting point. Uh, that's a good, not where I thought you were going to go with that, but starting <laughs> point. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at still using four quick balls. Oh yeah. But I think engines are still going to be revolving around single price Pokemon. So I was thinking of more like a, a four quick ball, three level, three incense, two quick, two ultra, or like, Oof. it's a lot of Pokemon search. I mean, dropping I mean, it, it, it depends a lot on the, on the deck and stuff, right? Yeah, like yeah that's yeah. the. I wasn't. I was thinking of still using Inteleon or maybe using Bibarel as draw. I can't wait to try Bibarel out. <laughs> can we can't level ball for the Beaver, right? No, we can for the Bidoof, but not we the can Bibarel. for the Bidoof, yeah, but not for yeah. the. Okay, because that, that would definitely change things too. Like you want an Ultra Ball in that deck because you're going to draw to five, and that's another one. Anyone who played Buzzrock back in the day. Oh, I love that deck. But uh, you ran Octillery was your draw engine. You didn't have really anything else going on. You needed those Ultra Balls. Sometimes you would just sit there and be like, I need this Ultra Ball for the late game to discard, to draw more cards. So I'm just going to sit on this thing, you know? And so that's the thinning your hand with that card is so important. And so even, that's for one... the, even for the newer players, though, with uh, Genesect, so you said Bibarel. I mean, depending on, you know, obviously that would be an Mew deck, but thinning your deck to find the cards you need or a higher percentage always a good thing yeah i love there are so many people that are like Mew's gonna suck because they're not printing fusion strike pokemon and they printed ice q and it's like oh ice Q's good no it's not i sorry to everyone ice q's not going in fusion maybe strike. a one maybe a one of the try 
but the, I'm not, I'm not going to say their yeah. worlds. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is true. I, I'm not going to say no. Cause I said, Oricorio and I correction. I said, Meloetta was never going to see play. I was ridiculously wrong. <laughs> and I was like, Oricorio is probably not worth it. Also wrong. So maybe, maybe I'm still not high on Oricorio. I think he's most of the time unnecessary. I mean, there are niche uses. Well, see, the, that's the thing is, there's so many just unnecessary cards in that deck anymore. You might as well put yeah, a I guess so. card in there. <laughs> when you're playing, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're playing four Cramomatics and four Battle VIP passes, yeah, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, and you're adding four Ultra Balls to it, so you can just discard even more stuff. Yes, crazy. Also, the amount of Sableye, etc., I play. I please cut your Oricorios, everyone. I will happily KO your Meloetta with a hoop on turn one. So I'm yes. in favor of it because it counters the deck that I am a fan of. Anyway, so they said they're like, oh, they're not putting more Fusion Strike Pokemon. Mew is going to fall for sure. And it's like, well, we have double turbo energy. Maybe sees play, maybe doesn't. Ultra Ball makes the deck so much more consistent. And we have Choice uh, Belt. Choice which belt. is essentially a power tablet that you can just put down and get the effect of later. The deck just got better, even though they oh, didn't yeah. print any fusion strike stuff. It's so yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> Mew's going to be good. There's going to be counters against it, but it's going to be, I think the meta is going to be wide open. Um, you want to just jump out of the news and get into that. Talk about the meta uh, coming up since we kind of are, Already yeah, kind we already of kind of into transitioned that. into the meat of uh, <laughs> yeah, today's kind of, talk. So yeah, exactly. the news is over. We're going into the meat, but we've been there ten minutes ago. So. Ten minutes ago. So yeah, let's let's <laughs> it's get so into hard not <laughs> exactly that with with all these cards mentioned. Um, give give me a couple decks, or let's start. Let's just start off with a, on a deck that you're looking forward to playing a new archetype or an old archetype, uh, maybe with some new blood coming up. Uh, the biggest one, you have to go with the new archetype. You have to go with the poster child, which is Arceus. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love full blitz type attacks. Uh, ultimate Ray never really was my cup of tea because ADPZ was just so linear. Picaram had so many different iterations. And I think Trinity Nova, the attack of Arceus V-Star is going to give you so much opportunity. Mm-hmm. The ability or sorry, the V-Star power ability. That's important to take note of. If there were the yeah. ability, the card would be the best card of all time. Yeah. But uh, Starbirth lets you search your deck for any two cards, put them in your hand. You are just the most consistent deck in the format now. You can use it turn one, or sorry, turn two, because it's a V-Star. You can use it turn two to just go get your, uh, not uh, double turbo energy. You can go get a supporter. You can go get whatever, or you can save it for the late game and just be like, you know what, opponent? I will win the game. I will have that boss's orders for yeah. game yep. 100% of the time here. So I think the fact it's colorless is amazing. It's such a cool card. I'm a big fan of options in my deck. It's why I don't like playing Jolteon. It's why I enjoy playing stuff like Mew or the Sableye deck because it's like I can do things on my turn. Yep. And I'm happy to think too much for less value than someone who's thinking less. It's not optimal, that makes sense. but that's the way I have it's, fun. It's more, it might not be more optimal, but it's more enjoyable. Exactly. And that's yeah. what we're here for is more enjoyable. <laughs> Chuck, I mean, what until, about... until regionals are back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, when, when it comes to that, we're all playing you. Obviously, probably not Mew at that point, but, you know, the meta deck at the time. Um, Chuck, what about you? What, what is one deck that really stands out or, or one thing that's going to, you know, excite you to, to play? Um, what's most exciting me from Brilliant Stars is... Um, and I'm not a collector, but I want to build a Charizard deck. Um, I, I, that V-Star 
I think is going to be better than anyone thinks it's going to be. Um, I, I, I think if you can, I mean, it's going to be much better going first, but then second, but even because you want that V star, there hasn't really been a good V printed. Yeah. Um, that will help you on the second turn, but going first, I think you're just going to kind of like get off to a steamroll. If you can find that magma basin, get that fire energy into the discard and just kind of go. Um, I'm excited for that. I really like playing fire decks. I mean, I was a huge Senescorch fan. Now he's gone left in the, uh, he's been run over by multiple <laughs> buses. He's gone. Uh, no one cares about that bug anymore. But I was, I was a huge fan of that card and fire decks in general. So I'm, I'm excited for them coming back. I'm just a little hesitant. And I, I, I was going to ask Mello this because he was, I was just, how good do you think fire can actually be considering that, you know, Suicune still a thing. Ice Rider can be a thing. So like, are they, can they actually come back and force with a water weakness? Yeah, no, I've, I audio listeners obviously can't hear but I was shaking, I'm nodding my head yes when you said Charizard's going to be better than people are saying it is. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree. I think it's such a good card. Correction, I think Magma Basin is a very good card and Charizard is one of the best ways to use that, plus Moltres, plus Entei. Yep. And one of the reasons I think you can compete with Suicune is you have Moltres into something like an Entei. You, like, you have multiple attackers that you can play around with that I think will give you a chance not a good one, but a chance. And that's all you really need to yeah. beat water decks. Yeah, I, I'm really, really hyped on Magma Basin as well. Um, you kind of already talked about Charizard and, and the Moltres with Entei as well. All really good cards that may see play in a bunch of different varieties of fire decks. The two that come to mind, uh, the one that I really, really hope maybe is probably not going to be the best, but I really want it to work is Baby Charizard, Leonzard. Um Energy, uh, you got your energy acceleration there. Um, so even if you have no energy on the board, you can get a Charizard up and running, you know, on that specific turn, um, especially with the, the choice belt. Um, you don't need all, you don't need to play all the Leons necessarily in a turn and then play, play the Leon on a turn. So you can actually attach uh, for there. So it gives you a lot of options. Again, it, it's a single prizer rare candy. So maybe um, I definitely have put a lot of work into that deck, but another one, Victini V, I know, Mello, you were really hype on this at one point in, in the meta. It was probably two or three minutes ago. But again, um, if you miss an attachment, you got you got the Magma Basin. And it, you can miss it if you go first and miss an attachment. You still can KO a VMAX um, by Magma Basin, uh, attach, boss, win. Um, so Victini just got a lot better, especially with having different supporters there. So Fire, um, even with Suicune being relevant, and it still will see a lot of play. Um, I'm super excited about fire decks, uh, especially the baby's art. Is it going to be meta? Maybe not, but that's the deck I'm, I'm most looking forward to. I agree with both of those as well. I think Leon Zard is more viable than people give it credit for between Manaphy and Choice Belt, fixing very important math. Because mm-hmm. before it was like, oh, you just Leon, and then you have four in the discard and you KO a VMAX. Now you don't have to Leon in order to do that. And yep. you have acceleration. Yeah, so yep. I actually think I agree with you 100% there. I think, I think both Charizards are viable decks moving forward i think anything with a fire typing including no memes i know you said senescorch is like dead i don't think senescorch is a hundred percent dead if people want to try it i it's probably bad but like 
Zombie Scorch will come out it's, at least once. For me. <laughs> zombie yeah, Scorch, I, yeah. <laughs> it seems good though. Like if you can get the a couple energies on it, you can maybe four energies by turn two. You know, you get two on turn one. You're hitting hard suddenly. You're powering up ones on the bent. Like I, I think it's it, potentially the, playable. The like I, I tried playing it even when like it was dead doa mm -hmm. like if you can get energies in the discard and let it kind of accelerate itself it can still roll as long as it just doesn't die right away like that's the that's the thing you just gotta like you gotta get that first punch in and then receive then receive damage that was yeah. the only thing like and it was really with how fast meta is it was really hard to do so I don't foresee the meta changing in that manner. I think yeah. you still need to get the going first, hitting but, first. Uh, but I think your ability to get that first punch in is a little bit better. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Okay, so outside of Fire Love, um, is there any cards that you guys think that uh, might change or give other deck archetypes a chance or something that you're excited for? Um, I don't want to beat a dead horse on the Arceus stuff, but Sharon's Care, I think, gives so much, not just to Arceus. I know Togekiss is the one that everyone kind of comes back to, and you have Sander posted the Infinite Loop mm -hmm. with Eldegoss, Togekiss, Sharon's Care, Birdkeeper, and Umbreon. Or, I forget the specifics, but yeah. Togekiss potentially with double turbo energy and Sharon's is going to be good. I'm also, as I was looking through the set earlier, I was watching Celio's network play some stuff and I have to give a shout out because him and Omnipoke mm -hmm. are the two doing tabletop right now. Yep. And it's really fun to watch. But uh, I was looking through stuff during that because I'm like, I don't know what these cards do. Mimikyu VMAX, I think has a place in certain metas for a double turbo energy, put four damage counters and bonus Pokemon in any way you like. But if you played Ace Arola's Premonition from your hand, you could put 13 so I think if there's a world where you can combine it with another Pokemon for that damage spread, you're suddenly doing a lot to Sobble and Teleon engines. I don't know. It's one of those cards that like you should be cringing your face a little when you hear me say this might be good because it's probably not. But 13 spread of damage counters is definitely not bad. I agree so that's with a that. I mean, a lot of options. <laughs> Especially yes. if you can spread some damage around, like it's a nice mm -hmm. closer. Like, like mm -hmm. I, I think your your thing with if you can pair it with something else, like that thirteen damage counters is a lot of damage to be spread wherever you would like to put it. Yeah, um, and you, what you, you said, Sharon's care is that what it is? Um, I, yeah, I, th I think that card opens up. You know, you, like you said, the infinite loop that was uh, revealed by Sander. Um, a deck like that some kind of control variant i it's weird for me to say because i've always hated control but i i kind of want to see that that kind of archetype thrown in the mix not that it's like completely dominant uh in the meta but having just like so many different archetypes to to have to account for um uh, in the meta i think that kind of card with you know obviously i'm not the person to do it but something that is consistent and and dominant as far as any kind of control uh and that card may see a lot of play in that kind of thing so i'm i'm hoping to see that have some kind of control viability yeah yeah control um, is going to be good yeah <laughs> <laughs> just just accept it now everyone listening if you don't like control we will teach you how to beat control i promise as a content mm -hmm. creator i love control but that also means I know how to beat it. I got you. Don't worry. Check the YouTube channel. I'll have I, some I think tips. It will, it will make people have to be more patient because that's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people just, 
are used to in the past like the Dene or or all these different uh, draw engines that just like throw up cards. Uh, Mew, uh, another one that just throws up cards. Uh, you may have to be a little bit more patient in the next meta. Uh, and I think that's only good news for the meta health. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jake. Just more archetypes that can change the way you have to play the game is always fun. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to bring up another card that's kind of getting like left in the corner. Maybe has a little bit of middle child syndrome, maybe. Because uh, I saw Tricky Jim do an anti-preview already. So we see that's good with Magma Basin accelerating it. Yep. That's the new baby kid. And then Suicune's been around. So he's the old kid that's produced results already. But I want to say, I think Raikou, Dark Horse, is going to be just as good as the other two. because The card archetype is good. The damage is usually sufficient. And... I think you could see him be a side attacker in, you know, anything that runs Flaffy or um, elect like just electric types. I mean, the Raichu deck wouldn't maybe not necessarily need it, but he could use it. Um, I'm thinking about throwing one in Rayquaza because it's a little bit easier to use than a Bolton, um, even though Bolton like accelerates energy, but you can Flaffy and then still hit for 220 at least on the same turn. Um, I just think, He's the little middle child that's getting forgotten about. And I think that that type of card is still very good. And it's going to bring something to electric decks too. I agree. I think there's some sort of flappy box yeah. that exists. And I think that box always contains a Raikou because you always fill your bench. Yeah. And the meta doesn't yeah. seem like it's stopping to fill like, like no one wants to not fill benches at the moment. Mm -hmm. So that whole two, like that attack for 220 is still going to be good. No, I agree with you. It is probably the the third child right there. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think it will have some viability going down. Um, all right. So, I mean, there's a lot of really good cards uh, and deck archetypes that we could talk for hours about it. Uh, but before, you know, let's kind of change gears. I, I do want to talk. You know, hopefully we're getting IRL playback. And I know, Melo, you started playing some IRL uh, again locally. Um I don't know if you continued to, to, I don't know what the situation is there. Um, but what are some things that you've noticed that um, IRL players do um, that maybe you wouldn't do in PTCGO since most people are, were like, you know, playing PTCGO the most in the majority of the time in the last couple of years. Yeah, totally. So uh, first off, I do have to give a shout out to Tabletop Village in Seattle. They are both my sponsor and run by a friend. Anyone in the Seattle area, check us out Friday, mm -hmm. Saturday, or Sunday for Pokemon play because it is still happening there. Uh, Friday's always a tournament. I've been casting them on Twitch normally. I've played occasionally. I enjoy casting more than playing. I don't have a good reason why. Like I enjoy playing a lot, but I don't know. Anyway, so I've been watching a lot of people play. And one of the reasons I have to give a shout out is a lot of the players are new to the game and joined over quarantine, mm -hmm. uh, which huge shout out to the owner for that one, who is just the nicest person and got so many collectors into playing the game. But a lot of the things that they are doing is they know how to play the game. PTCGO teaches you how to play the game. You grind the ladder, you play in a late night tournament or the Sunday open, you know how to play, but there's a lot of IRL stuff that people are missing, which you alluded to, right? Mm -hmm. One of them is shuffling. Always practice your shuffling when you're not playing the game. You, it always like ticks me off when I watch people shuffle, shuffle very slowly. Yeah. And I get that you have to learn, 
but like, this is a skill that's only hurting you really. I know how to manage time as an experienced player. So you taking a long time on your turns, it's really only going to advantage me most of the time. So practice your shuffling. Uh, I got really good at shuffling just by doing it during work meetings. And I know originally people were like, that's weird, but that, that went away literally like right away. Once they're like, I don't know, I play the competitive Pokemon trading card game. They're like, oh, okay. And that was it. And so I practice and it's also just become a nice little fidget. So practice your shuffling and learn how to shuffle without thinking. So you can think about the game. The amount of time you spend shuffling should be the amount of time that you spend thinking. So if I'm shuffling for 30 seconds, completely viable, maybe I have a 50 card deck or whatever. I should be thinking the entire time, what am I going to do? So then when I look at my hand again, I'm doing it. That's Mm -hmm. a big one. Be able to shuffle, be able to shuffle quickly and be able to shuffle without thinking. The second one is do shortcuts of your actions. If I'm playing a quick ball, I'm going to grab a Pokemon on my deck and then grab a quick ball that Pokemon away. I'm not shuffling my deck after the first quick ball. So I quick ball for a Genesect, then I quick ball, discard the Genesect and fail it or whatever. I don't know. You know, I'm going to go grab something else out of the deck. Don't shuffle your deck in between every action. Say, I'm going to go back into the deck. It saves a bunch of time. In a best of one, it's not a huge deal. Although I have had plenty of best of ones go to time. Yeah. But once we start to get control back into the format, stall back into the format, or you play a best of three, it will matter. I played a cash tournament, which huge shout out. That's one of those things people are like, oh, I bought Mew and what a waste. I paid for my Mew after one tournament. Highly recommend (laughs) anyone who bought Mew, go join a cash tournament. It's free money. It's not free money anymore, but it was when no one else had Mews. (laughs) But anyway, I was the only person not to tie around and everyone else tied. I had to go, I had to, I could not ID. I had to win every single round because the next best people in the tournament were like 203 because everyone was tying these best of threes because there was just like not knowing when to scoop which I'm not going to talk a lot about, but like, it's just all these actions that are wasting time. And if you can get five or 10 minutes back, that's the difference between, oh, I would have won if I had one more turn and I won and I had time to go to the bathroom, which is a huge difference. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's shuffling stuff, either shuffling too much, shuffling too slowly are absolutely huge. And the last one is just your tells. And I put out a YouTube video on this, Azul, anyone who's watched him, he rants about this a lot. Don't tell your opponent if you miss something. Don't tell your opponent, oh, I prized this. Mm-hmm. You just, people do it all the time to me. We Look, we are friends, but I'm not telling you these things. You need to stop telling me these things. Yeah. We, like, keep telling them. I will keep winning because of it. But like, exactly. you're like, oh, I prized my last boss. And it's like, all right, you prized your last boss. GG's. Yep. <laughs> don't have to play around that anymore. Exactly. Stop telling your opponent these things. You can be friendly. You can be nice. Talk about the game. Talk about other stuff. But stop telling your opponent, oh, I missed. Oh, I did this. Oh, this is prized. Oh, all this other. Oh, I didn't tech for this matchup. Just stop saying those things. Mm-hmm. And that will be a huge difference maker. So yeah, say, I- those will be the three big ones. I can't agree more um, with those. Um, yeah, those, those three are big. Uh, and I think I've ran into all of those situations. Uh, like uh, for me, I, I am thinking about, you know, what I'm trying to do while I'm shuffling. Um, and I know some people may or may not, depending on how new they are, um, but it's always good and good habit to do that. Um, the one thing I would also say it, that I've noticed people, uh, they don't play to all their outs. And this is kind of a lot on PTCGO, but I've noticed it locally too, where they're like, oh, they missed one 
little like they missed one part of their sequencing and then they they'll either scoop or they'll just kind of like blurt out oh yes i've missed this this and this and now you've won uh so always play to all your outs and kind of keep it in your own head i guess is what i've got to say about that yeah that's another one too of like if you miss sequence or you misplay or you're like oh i should have done this instead that goes back to the don't tell your opponent that mm-hmm. if you're like oh i should have switched instead into mm-hmm. a different attacker i know you have a switch in hand thank you for the information <laughs> exactly exactly chuck you've noticed anything else no i mean the the poker face aspect is one of the things i like about pokemon is being able to read your opponent kind of figure out what they could have need uh, do they have the thing in the hand that they could beat you with or um so what Melo said and like don't give the information away i like that aspect i i probably give information away but i also feed misinformation That's <laughs> liar <laughs> um uh, i just generally am a little bit I don't know. I can be, depending on the mood, a little bit more talkative or more a little bit quiet, but uh, it, you just got to learn how to read your opponent. And I don't want to like confuse people with what Mel is saying, but you don't offer up information. Yeah. It's, it's a good, if, if, if you're not, if you don't play poker and don't have a poker face and know how to hide stuff, just don't offer up any information. Yeah. I add on real quick. I know this isn't what you meant, but this is something that kind of went in that don't offer up false information ever for anyone listening who's like, oh, Mello's going to listen to what I'm saying because I can result in a game loss if a judge. Yeah, you can't, you can't blatantly lie to your opponent, yeah. but you, you can do facial, facial expressions or something oh, like, yeah. like, like if you're excited, you can look like miserable or something like that. That, that yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? Um, but yeah, you can't blatantly lie. Uh, don't, don't do that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the poker face stuff is great strategy yeah. and something I'd recommend everyone try to work on as you're playing the game. Because lying with your face and lying with your words, one is against the rules and the other one is very good strategy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So with all that kind of being saying uh, said and with hopefully the world kind of coming up, this is maybe not uh, exactly related. Um, but what do you think, like, as far as like an average player, what their like typical win percentage should be to 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 think, you know, maybe they have a chance uh, at, at making cuts in or anything like that. I like making cut in a tournament. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, going into like a like store championships or whatever those are called, or going into regionals. What what do you think is an acceptable like win percentage for uh, maybe an above average player to kind of think that they should be able to, you know, do do well in a tournament? Maybe not the specific tournament, but just their overall like play percentages, I guess. Yeah. So uh, I've been considering Trainer Hill the whole time for myself, and I've set a 60% as my bar for the win rate. And that includes mm-hmm. playing meme decks. I don't take out the O2 drop I did with Durant the other or the other format because it's like, mm-hmm. well, that's part of the 60%. Like I know that I'm playing Durant. But so for me, it's about that 60%. And part of the reason for that is if you look at uh, Shemansky, Ivanov, and Azul, who are three of the biggest online players who are really good IRL they're in the 65% win rate okay so that's the like the upper echelon of these are IC champions regional champions are in that 65% win rate so the next level down would be where I'd consider myself which is Mm -hmm. like 60% so I'd say anywhere in the high 50s is you're in a pretty good spot as far as like you are achieving a lot in the game yeah, I, I was that's more kind of like a, a selfish question because I kind of want to gauge where I'm at and I have no idea because I, I feel that I'm in that depending on the week that 55 to 60 percent win rate. Um, so 
yeah, I, I'm just trying to gauge myself going into the future. So <laughs> I, I did want to know that. No, that's a good question, especially with all of this data in online tournaments. I think win percentage is better to look at than like a lot of the other stuff you can look at because you're going to have bad tournaments. I went 2-2-2 drop on a tournament on Monday with Mew. Like, it's yeah. not like, oh, I played a bad, I played freaking Mew and I went 2-2-2 drop. Like, yeah. and I don't consider myself a bad player. It feels bad, but those are going to average out the more you play over time. Exactly. So yeah, it's, if win percentage is good to look at because it's a rate number versus yes. people who grind a lot, you will see people at the top of the leaderboard who are below 50% win rate and no disrespect. I don't know who they are, but below 50% win rate is definitely that game has to, you have to pick up your game at that point, I think. Mm -hmm. So if you're below that amount, there is a lot of room to improve. You can, it's a hundred percent doable, but yeah. that's something that you have to kind of question. It's not just like, Oh, I've won two tournaments, but like if you're entering every tournament, there's extra room there that you can really be critically thinking about your plays with. Yeah. It's almost better to maybe come in like, uh, I, I guess like some uh, multiple top fours or cuts compared to just like winning one tournament and then just completely doing nothing the rest of the like 10 tournaments after that or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're consistently at the top, you're in contention for cut, you make the occasional cut and then you lose in top eight to a bad matchup, you should still feel really good about that, especially if you're doing it consistently. If you always lose in top eight of these tournaments because you hit a bad matchup, that's, that's life. You made top eight. That's very good. You should be very happy with that. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah, uh, uh, exactly. I, I don't know what more, more to say. I think you hit the nail right on the head. All right, the last thing before we get going here, because I know we're we've been kind of rambling for a little bit. I, I do want to talk a little bit about your podcast. Um, you know, you guys have been consistent since you've been there. Um, so, I mean, what are what are some, I guess, strategies or 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 kind of um, things that you've done to stay consistent to not miss a week? Uh, to keep your your audience engaged, um, kind of what what is you know that kind of life look look for you guys at Laker Rage? Yeah, so it's definitely not just me, and mm -hmm. I know you know that. But for everyone mm -hmm. listening, it looks like it's just me because I'm on every episode. I'm the one publishing it and all that kind of stuff. But there are other people behind the scenes, and that helps a lot. Instead of just like, oh, I have to do an episode because I need content. It's like, oh no, I've got other people on Team Carpe D's Rats who are reaching out to people they want to be on to talk they're doing well in tournaments too and they want all this other stuff so having extra people both to help with the workload like shout out to nick hill the gyroscope evie who reaches out to most of our guests for me so i don't have to dm usually it's like uh spoiler we're gonna have a little dark fury on for a second time in this upcoming episode nice. i've never actually dm'd ldf evie's done it both <laughs> times and it's been so nice to just be like hey can you reach out to him and see if he wants to be on so that's helped a lot is just yeah. having people in the background he's been on the show a lot so i don't know if you want to say background but yeah having i people mean in the he's background not there always <laughs> you're you're the face. exactly you're the face of the there i mean you have a good supporting cast uh, uh you know your team carpeties rats um that actually leads me to the next question how do you determine like just amongst your inner circle not any guests outside of the podcast how do you like with our cast with all the other like uh, metapod uh tag team that you know they have their guys they're there every week you guys don't do that how do you determine who is on this week and who is not on this week i hate to use the answer that's so incredibly simple but it's kind of posting in the discord who's free okay and it depends on the topic like when we had stefan on to talk about expanded i just posted in there and it's like none of you play expanded. None of you are going to be on this week. And if someone did play expanded, they would have been like, yeah, you can be on, but you know, yeah. it's, 
anyone who can contribute something to the conversation, but it's like, okay, who's free at 4.30 on Tuesday? <laughs> and then go from there. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it actually makes it a lot easier to work around that schedule than uh, working with just like one other person to see who's free at this time. At least I think so. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. No, I think, I think uh, it works out pretty good. Um, now, like I said earlier, you guys mostly, or whenever there's something meta relevant, you guys talk about that. But, you know, you know, in the past, you talked about, like this last episode, some of the best cards that were in the history of the Pokemon game. You talked about um, Expanded, some GLC. Um, do you just base that off a of week-to-week, how, like, the, the news is flowing? How, how do you guys do that? The more for- boring the format gets, the more likely we talk about an alternate form. <laughs> like, right now, it's like, I can't sit here and talk about how good Mew is. And so we're going to have Stefan to talk about expanded because that's interesting and he's a good player. Or we're going to have Alex and James on. And that actually initially started because Alex works at Tabletop. He's also, he's a local. I don't know if he works. He does a lot of free labor for Tabletop Village. Mm. And, you know, he's just like, Kevin, when am I going to be on the pod? When am I going to be on the pod? And it eventually wore me down. And then the episode turned out to be amazing. But it's like the format's boring let's do something else and like brilliant stars is coming out so we're going to get onto that now but yeah it's the alternate formats are like i don't want to talk about this format right now let's see who wants to talk about something else yeah <laughs> now as far as expanded have you guys tried out the the adp dragonite deck have you, have you guys played that one I have not. I was playing ADP Reggie Drago, like I mentioned earlier, because it yeah. did well in Pumpkin Amy's tournament the other yeah. day. And I changed their list quite a bit because I started and I was like, this just isn't expanded enough for me. It was super cool. And then Saksak, actually, I've mentioned before, I posted in the Discord and I was like, wait, this deck's broken. Why aren't anyone playing this? And he's like, because you don't have item lock and Coco Prism like Dragonite does. And I was like, <laughs> oh, so I have to try it still but i can say adp with a second attacker who can oko stuff is very powerful yeah it, it is pretty Surprise. ridiculous it is very ridiculous um but yeah i yeah keeping the meta or, or different topics fresh uh is is never easy especially when we're in the same stagnant medic uh meta but i think you guys do an awesome job there are a lot of different podcasts out there um that do a good job but for me uh, i put in for like a rage to win podcast of the year um i was outvoted sorry <laughs> i appreciate that i did listen to that episode <laughs> but i will accept because the uh other podcasts who were in the category with us have been going longer than we have for sure so we'll, we'll catch up to them that's yeah. no worries <laughs> i had one more but chuck did you have any other um not on podcasting i okay. just I, the only question we didn't touch on yet was uh, I figured I'd wait if you have another podcast. I have one more podcast related and it's not necessarily towards your podcast, but I know you are a student of the game when it comes to playing and just listening to podcasts. Um, you know, we've mentioned a couple other ones, uh, Metapod and, and Tag Team. Uh, are there any other podcasts that you you guys or that you listen to on a weekly basis or almost weekly basis? Yeah, uh, let me pull up my feed real quick. Those are both ones, Metapod and Tag Team. Uh I listen to Floaty Cast when they talk about that. Faded Town hasn't been on in a while, so I guess I don't have them. Uh, yeah. You all are on here, of course. Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Uh, there's one more, Trash Lanch. I Trash listen to Trash Lanch okay. usually as well. I think those are the only ones. Yeah, those are the only ones I have on my feed right now. 
Yeah, I, still, I was still like six if, of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering about uh, that. Was there another one? Faded Town, do you or or Faded Town? They haven't been on in a while, but they okay. were one of the ones who I guess we kind of ripped off their style of just interviewing really good players because it's like, well, they're not doing it anymore, so <laughs> we may as well. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are so many of us out there, but I mean, you got to stay consistent. You can't just do it. Um, but yeah, I, those all those other guys are awesome. So uh, if you guys haven't, give all of us you know a listen for sure. <laughs> oh yeah i recommend look, any of those are great including the one you're listening to if you just happen to click on this because of my name first off thank you that's surprising <laughs> but second off hit the subscribe button on pittsburgh i enjoy your takes thank you <laughs> thank you all right chuck uh you want to close us out here with the final well question? i just had kind of like just the more relevant like uh not relevant but like the team challenges have started up i was mm-hmm. wondering if 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 Mello, you're into those like are you looking forward to anything um what's your take on them just like are you are you looking forward to them so i'm actually a fan of the team challenge format and i know a lot of people are very vocal of i hate that we can't pick our teams maybe because i like my local scene i like my local store and my local players i'm a big fan of doing it this way because i get to meet new people that's not even true i've played in team challenge three and i happen to know everyone already who is on the team and i'm probably going to know everyone if i make it this time too but i'm a fan of the qualifying instead of just like pick your team and see what happens Uh, so i'm a fan of them i played in qualifier three we unfortunately i got very counterpicked the team picked everything was anti-pikaram so we didn't go very far because I was like, well, I have to sit out. This sucks. Yeah, uh, I will be playing. I'll be trying to compete for Tabletop Village and maybe another store because we can do that. But like I have one favorite store. I'm friends with the owner. I want to play for them again, but we'll see. We might have some pretty large outcome or turnouts because every Friday tournament has 20 to 30 people in it. And oh, if wow. our team challenges are having 20 to 30 people in it, it's That's a big ask. Yeah. It's like even big... being good at the game is like, well... I just hit one bad matchup in top cut a few times and I'm out of it, which did happen. Team challenge qualifier one. I got second place several times yes. <laughs> because everyone knew yeah. I was bringing peaker on. And I was like, well, okay. that was me team challenge too. I got second all throughout and just yeah, missed. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, I'm getting nothing. <laughs> I, I really like the team ch- challenge format too. I understand the, the, uh, the little bit of the gripe where you can't pick your own team, but I, I think it's just nice to, to qualify. And if you, want to be on a team like you just got to earn it not just yeah. make the team make the team up um but the, when you actually get into the chant like the playoff i really like the whole team aspect of, of yes. sitting there and being able to talk to your your teammates I yeah. just, it's the funnest format i've seen in pokemon at least like the way of, with this so and so i'm i've a- oh sorry sorry melody go for it Oh, I was gonna say, I have a question for both of you then, mm-hmm. because so my team, we all met at the store and played together in the same room. Okay. Did you all, what was the communication like for your teams? Um, well, I was, I made team challenge two and we went top 256. Um, so we got our second Articuno, mat, Articuno yeah. mat um, or the, the Zapdos mat, but uh, we just met in Discord. Um, we, I mean, we do we were on team heroes inc our local store so we also played in league every week with each other so we knew each other so we didn't really like meet up and play in one space but we met in discord before the tournament we talked about what we were going to play and as long as you're not bad like me we submitted deck lists (laughs) and everything on on time but uh 
yeah, I, I got to coach more often because of scheduling and, and my own errors, but I just love the aspect. The, I, I actually really enjoyed coaching. Like I oh, yeah. had to play the last round and I was just like, I don't know if I should play because I've spent three weeks coaching you guys. <laughs> like, and they all did, they all did good. But I mean, yeah. I, it was kind of a hybrid for, for me when I hit, hit mine, it was uh, discord and in person. Um, but kind of on both effects where, you know, I made the team on the first one, missed the second. Uh, it was still great going into locals that week after a big win, especially on two when they kept you you made made that run. Uh, just being pumped up and just like the whole community is like, yeah, Team Pittsburgh won. So it was like it was like the whole store was kind of rooting for them. And it was I love the camaraderie in that aspect. And when you have like dream teams where like you pick your teams, you don't maybe get that as much. So it was kind of like it was kind of enjoyable on both sides, being playing and representing uh, and then also just kind of supporting the team. So uh, yeah. enjoyed that. That's the, the big part. Like you said, I, like, I don't like that you just like build a dream team. I don't know if they would even they may probably do well if you just built a dream team. Oh, yeah, like they, they I like the fact that you you you've earned your spot on the team. And if you're one of those top level players, then take the guy who's not the top level player that made your team and make him better. Like, I love that aspect of it. Like, yep. you just got to bring him up and you can bring him up while he's playing. Like, you don't have to do it. Like, like practicing before you should. I mean, you help him out yeah. beforehand, too, but you can help him out while he's actually playing. Like, so I like bringing bringing that that whole team up for sure part of the the tournament so i'm, I'm looking forward to, to this one as well i have to i do have to take my talents to a different store this this time though because i am running heroes inc's qualifier <laughs> tournament so i am not allowed to participate in their qualifiers but um i so i will have to participate for another store but i'm i'm, I'm excited to see where the store goes again this year for sure all right, I think that's going to about do it for us. Before we let you go, Mello, um, the floor is yours for shout-outs, some plugs, um, you know, floor is yours. Yeah, of course. Uh, I've shouted them out a few times, but shout-out to Tabletop Village uh, in Seattle, Washington. If anyone is in Seattle, check them out. I cannot think of a more inviting store for Pokemon trading card game players. It is a Pokemon first store. And also just shout out to them for always hooking me up with cards. Every pre-order, I know my order is going to get filled first. Sorry, but uh, there is some level of <laughs> privilege there. Um, <laughs> you still pay. <laughs> I mean, I yes, that is true. Do. It's not. It's just hey. a guarantee that the cards come to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would love that. Anyone who wants to sponsor me, like I will pay for the cards. Just get them to me, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, shout out to Team Carpades Rats. Uh, we are a group of homies who play the training card game and some other stuff too. They're also my Unite team. We're very mediocre at Unite, but it's a heck of a lot of fun. Sure. And then uh, other shout out would be uh, simply my YouTube, my Twitch, and the Lake of Rage podcast. Uh, the YouTube channel is, I think, the most educational Pokemon trading card game channel on YouTube. And I'm not saying that out of bias. I'm saying that because that is my focus, because I cannot compete with people like Mahone and Azul doing gameplay videos because they... Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. So I focus on the education aspect of it more. I'm a teacher with a master's in education. So I think I'm good at delivering information. So if you want to learn to get better, check those videos out on youtube.com slash mellow underscore Magikarp. And I stream on Twitch where I still focus on the education, but also there's uh, music and fun and salt constantly too. <laughs> salt is fun. <laughs> 
there's a salt mine in every Twitch channel. Somewhere. <laughs> for sure. I mean, you're not wrong. No. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at RY4Gaming. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later. <laughs>